0: So I heard an interesting little statistic from Pro Football Focus kind of talking about uh, play action and Matt LaFleur's pension for that. So before we get at the numbers, let me just read you this little snippet about play action. It's kind of self-explanatory, but just kind of a a more um, direct look, I guess, at what the numbers say about play action. So here's a little snippet about a play action is an interesting phenomenon and in that it clearly increases a quarterback's success using play action causes linebackers and safeties to respect the run even if it's uh, even if a team's run game isn't very successful often causing compromise coverages in the back end on the other hand external influences often dictate when and where a quarterback can use play action for example how successful a team's run game is on first down what is a team's average starting field position during a game or season. Is a given team always playing from behind due to a, do a bad defense or bad luck? All of these dynamics are largely out of the control of the quarterback and will influence their ability to use and succeed in the play-action game. Now, those other things are actually kind of interesting um, because you d- generally wouldn't think that if you want your play-action to succeed, we need to have a good defense, but it actually makes a lot of sense. If it's the fourth quarter and you're down by 14 and you try to hand off, defense isn't buying it. So you're losing that ability to be able to play with play action. On the flip side, if there's if you're in the fourth quarter and there's six minutes left and you run play action, everybody's going to bite on that one. Now here's something else that's interesting. Since 2012, about 20.8% of dropbacks utilize play action. That's 21.4% in 2017 and 22.7% in 2018. It's getting more and more utilized. Uh, there was a... Uh, interesting little snippet that I shared on Twitter from Kirk Cousins. Um, I was kind of just making fun of him because his quote was dumb. But essentially he was talking about how, you know, I'm really good at play action. The statistics show I'm really good at play action. And then goes on to clarify, um, but everybody's kind of good at play action because it makes all quarterbacks better. Hence the reason that everybody is using it more and more and more. It goes on to say, as with the difference between pressure and no pressure, quarterbacks using play action have a higher season-long quarterback rating that's average of 101.3 versus an average of 90.5, so with play action and not with play action. That was in 2018, but at the expense of a higher standard deviation. It also does go on, this isn't really relevant to what I wanted to do, but I thought it was interesting. It goes on to say it's really kind of hard to evaluate a quarterback off of, let's say, play action or when the play breaks down because there's so many external factors, positive and negative Whereas if we're just looking at a quarterback who gets the ball out in 2.5 seconds in a clean pocket, it gives you a better understanding of what the quarterback is actually doing. His ability to make a read, go through his progressions, make an accurate throw, right? It's easier to judge a quarterback when you just, you know, he he can act as a quarterback. But interestingly enough, um, you know, just as I was kind of perusing through, I was looking at this quarterback thing. You look at a lot of guys, um, you know, Josh Allen, even in Buffalo, is running at a 24% not surprisingly, we've seen Tom Brady do it. He's at about 24%, just running play action, one-fourth of his passes, which is crazy. Marcus Mariota, if you look at, um, if you look at 25th, come on now. I hate that dumb thing where it tries to snap to the top. I need to see the numbers. 2015, he's running it uh, 24% of the time. That drops in 2016 to 20. Then it goes back up to 23.5% of the time. Matt LaFleur comes into that offense and they run it 29.8% of the time, creeping up to one-third of his passes. Not quite, but basically 30% of his throws were play-action passes. Contrast that with Aaron Rodgers, which at the peak of his career, he was running play-action, at least as far as um, PFF has been actually tracking this, in 2014. Imagine that, as we've been talking about for I don't know, two weeks now, 2014 Aaron Rodgers, arguably we'll say best year, PFF graded him as his best year, 24.1% of the time. 2013, also a pretty good year, they ran at 22.6% of the time. Aaron Rodgers, worst year statistically, or, or just in general, with the exception of maybe of 2018, but whatever. 2015, historically known as a bad year, we dropped from 24% to 15.5%. That's Interesting. It's essentially never recovered since. So, strangely enough, 2013, 2014, and I'm assuming if we go back even further, it's pretty consistent. We ran play-action kind of a lot. The only reason I'm assuming that, because he was good back then. And he's still good. I'm I'm just little little, little hot right now is, is all. I'm sorry. Aaron Rodgers is still a good quarterback. I just don't understand how you have your best year. One quarter of your plays are play action. Then it's like, you know what? Let's just drop it to 15, see what happens. And then it's trash, and we up it from 15 to 16. And then in 2017, we upped it to 18%. And then in 2018, once again, 18.2%. The NFL average in 2018, what did I say? 21% We're running at 18.2%. I mean, there's. it's not a direct correlation. 2016, he seemed to overcome it. But if you don't, if, let's just remove 2016 for this sake of me sounding more accurate, if you look at the uh, passer rating compared to the play action, in 2013, 104.9, ran at 22.6. 2014, 112.2 was his passer rating. We ran play action 24.1. We drop play action down to 15%. Passer rating dropped to 92.7, right? Remember this whole thing about historically he's the only one to be over 100? He's going to lose that if we don't stop. Because in 2017, 97.2. 2018, 97.6. He's only had a a passer rating over 100 once since 2014, and that was in 2016. When again, he overcame that whole 16.4% play-action pass rate. Point is, though, with Marcus Mario... uh, Nope. With Matt Lafleur coming into Green Bay, there is an expectation, despite all the nonsense about how Aaron Rodgers doesn't like to turn his back to the offense... To the defense, I can't talk, man. I just, you got to bear with me. And, and can I just interject, if, if, if I don't mind? There's a difference between his preference and him being, first of all, willing, and second of all, being capable. I would be willing to bet most quarterbacks prefer to be able to face the defense, if for no other reason then it's a little bit scary, right? I don't want to go up against the Chicago Bears and turn my back to Khalil Mack either. But that doesn't mean, number one, that I'm not willing to do it. And number two, I'm not capable of it. We know that he's capable of running play action or whatever else that would require him to turn his back and then turn around and fire off a football. He's not inept. I don't know if we've, we've noticed this or not. Aaron Rodgers, he's kind of good at this. I mean, Apparently the national media and even some local media people kind of forget. Packers had one bad year and suddenly Aaron Rodgers is, I don't know, a one-legged Jay Cutler with a speech impediment. I, I, I don't know why everybody's picking on him. And I don't even know where that... I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I get it from the standpoint of, again, oh, he likes to be able to read defenses. Yes, he does. So what? So does everybody. What does that have to do with anything? He likes to be able to face defenses so he can read and diagnose and make correct throws. But that doesn't mean if he's told, hey, we're going to run play action, and he runs play action, he's just going to be terrible at it. That also doesn't mean just because he doesn't like it, he's not going to do it. Well, he's not going to do it. I can tell you that. He's just going to stomp his feet, throw a temper tantrum. No, Matt LaFleur is going to call play action. He's going to turn his back to the defense. Then he's going to turn his face to the defense. And then he's going to stick his foot in somebody's face with a football, kind of. Point is, he's going to tear everybody up and make everybody sound dumb for all these nonsensical things that everybody's saying. But I think something else that's a little bit interesting is if you look at the play action percentages, and I, you know, San Francisco's had a little bit of issues keeping Jimmy Garoppolo healthy, which is a nice way of saying the guys hurt all the time. But regardless of that, if you look at this year and last year and what um, uh, Kyle Shanahan has done as far as play action percentage, it's not actually all that high. Uh, Nick Mullins, when he was running the offense, was running at 25.7%, which is higher than the NFL average, but then you look down at C.J. Beathard, he was at 24.2%, which is right at about average. If you go back to last year, Jimmy Garoppolo, same situation, 24.2%, and then C.J. Beathard was down at 22.6%. So slightly higher than average, but nothing super crazy. But if you look at the Rams, the Rams in 2017, this is with... um. McVeigh and LaFleur as the offensive coordinator, Jared Goff, 29.1%. The only people that ran play-action more were Deshaun Watson, 30.3, and Nick Foles, 32.7. Then you come to 2018. Again, San Francisco is a little bit higher than average, but, you know, Matt Ryan ran it more, Andy Dalton ran it more, Cam Newton ran it more, but again, Jared Goff, 35.8. The only one that was higher was Lamar Jackson at 42.9%. And again, Marcus Mariota was the fifth highest, uh, basically tied with Tom Brady at 31.3%. That number's higher than the other one. I don't know why it's different. I don't really care. I'm not worried about that right now. It's very similar. The point I guess I'm trying to make is, as far as play action is concerned, we're looking at something a little bit more like the Rams and a little bit less like the 49ers, and I kind of wonder if that's going to be the case overall. Because we keep hearing how, and, and, and Matt LaFleur has said, Kyle Shanahan was his biggest influence over the years. Um, but it, it seems as though when he broke away, he kind of went a little bit more in the uh, Sean McVay mold than the Kyle Shanahan mold. And maybe it just has something to do with dependent on your quarterback, which might, you know, if you think about it, Aaron Rodgers isn't exactly Marcus Mariota. So I, I don't know. Neither is Jared Goff. I, I don't know what we're going to do. But the other I- issue that's interesting but also... I don't know if I want to necessarily call it concerning. Matt LaFleur is going to have to come in and fix play action. I don't know if it was because Mike McCarthy didn't want to emphasize it because he wanted to focus on whatever else he was doing, but play action stopped working. So I I don't know, cart before the horse, what came first, chicken of the egg, whatever analogy you prefer, whether we stopped doing play action because it stopped working or if it stopped working because we stopped emphasizing it. But if you actually look at his completion percentage and yards per attempt, Aaron Rodgers is one of the few quarterbacks that was worse in both of those categories under play action. In fact, most of his stats were worse, including his passer rating. And yards per attempt is pretty staggering considering play action is all about big plays. But if you look at his NFL passer rating, for example, under play action, 95.9. No play action, 98. Yards per attempt without play action, 7.5. With play action, 7.1. Uh, his completion percentage without play action 62.5 with play action 61.5 so the Packers didn't run it and the Packers were bad at it and I'm sure those two things aren't unrelated but similarly well I can't say the Packers weren't good at running because Aaron Jones is quite good at it but you you get what you practice right um Mike Pettin recently talked about that when he was talking about interceptions and how we need to emphasize that more because we didn't do a good enough job of coaching interceptions last year, and you get what you practice, which is why we're going to emphasize it this year. Matt LaFleur coming in is going to say, look, we're going to be running a lot of play action. We have to practice it. And beyond that, Matt LaFleur runs an offense that is based on everything kind of building off of the, In other words, you have a plan. Mike McCarthy running play action is no different than me running play action on Madden. It's just me flipping through plays and going, ooh, let's run this play, a little play action thing. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no, you know, we're building off it. The formation looks the same. It's a city. It's just, we're just running it to run it. So theoretically, it should work better. And I, I am excited to see that it does work better. And we've seen what happens when we commit to it. You know, maybe it's one of those things where you just got to do it. Like running the football, I I don't know. But what I do know, as I said, the last time the Green Bay Packers were doing really well and the last time Aaron Rodgers was really tearing up the league was the last time we had Aaron Rodgers over 20% on play action. And even even at his peak compared to 2018, he would be just middle of the road. 24% is nothing. There were 19 quarterbacks in the NFL uh, in 2018 that ran play action 24% or more. 19 out of 37, so yeah, right at about 50%. The only ones that ran it less, Blake Bortles, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, and Ben Roethlisberger. And, And if you look at it, some of the names that are down there, it's interesting because these aren't necessarily bad quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, but you can just feel like old style, new style, right? Andrew Luck's running kind of that old style, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, they've got kind of that way of doing it, and Aaron Rodgers has always kind of been in that way, now we're kind of doing it the new way. The other interesting thing, Tom Brady, he's doing it the new way because that's what the Patriots do. They don't get stuck in stuff. And as much as I know there's tension between Packers fans and Patriots fans, I think there's a lot to learn here because Tom Brady is an intelligent quarterback. There's no question he's an intelligent quarterback. I'm sure he can do things at the line of scrimmage that are incredible as far as reading defenses. Here's the thing, that doesn't stop him from running play action 31.4% of the time turning his back to that defense that he can read so well. That also doesn't mean we can't run an offense where we're scheming guys open. You want to look at what an efficient Aaron Rodgers-led Matt LaFleur offense can look like. Look at the Patriots. What can a guy with an accurate arm do with wide open wide receivers? How do you bridge the gap between an intelligent quarterback that has the ability to read defenses and a scheme that that schemes guys open and, and kind of works things in a systematic way to pick apart defenses. The Packers need to be like the Patriots. There doesn't need to be a conflict. Tom Brady knows he's intelligent. So what? That doesn't mean he doesn't understand the system and, and work within it. That's essentially the goal. And, and again, what happens when you marry this system that... that makes it just by itself regardless of how good the quarterback is gets guys open however we also have this brilliant quarterback what happens the Patriots happen the problem is the Packers have never actually tried to do that they've just been stuck in this old way of doing stuff and again it can work if you have good enough weapons to just beat everybody and of course a quarterback that's super super talented like Drew Brees or Andrew Luck we can make it work but I you know Let's stop paddling against the river. Let's run the system that Jared Goff is running. Let's run the system that that the Eagles are running, who recently won a Super Bowl. Jared Goff, who was recently in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, who constantly wins Super Bowls. Russell Wilson, who's been unbelievably successful. Uh, How about Pat Mahomes or Nick Foles, who is a Super Bowl champion quarterback? Not necessarily in terms of his play, but he won a Super Bowl. I'm not saying... I'm just kind of saying, let's just do what works, man. Now, interestingly enough, Jared Goff and Marcus Mariota both have worse completion percentages in play action than without play action, but both of them also have higher yards per attempt, and if you look at a guy like Tom Brady, him in play action is just disgusting, Likewise, Russell Wilson, also a very intelligent, talented quarterback running play action a lot. In other words, is Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, and Marcus Mariota, or is he Tom Brady and Russell Wilson? I'm going to go with Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. Tom Brady's completion percentage without play action is 62.7. With play action, 72.3. 9.6% higher. And his yards per attempt go from 6.6 to 9.8. Russell Wilson's completion percentage not in play action, 63.2, with play action, 70.5. His yards per attempt go from 7.4 to 9.4. Just skyrockets off of play action. Now, similar to what Pro Football Focus said, having a good defense, having a successful run game, especially on first down, these things matter. You have to be able to build around this. The Rams and the Titans didn't necessarily have great defenses. I know Aaron Donald's a good football player, but overall, they don't have a lot of talent on defense. But again, I'm just looking at the potential upside. If if the Packers' defense can get going, if the Packers have the ability to run the ball, which I want to look at next, with Aaron Rodgers' mind, arm talent, everything else, the the potential for this offense to just be explosive through play action, especially when you start looking at guys that are talented like Devontae Adams, you start looking at guys with speed like Marquez, it's just, it's like anything else. But it's just a matter of yes or no, right? We looked at the defense. Are they going to be successful? Yes or no. If if you get a bunch of yeses, this defense is going to be scary good. You Get a bunch of noes, it's going to be a nightmare. Same thing here. You look at all the variables, can they hit? If they do, we're looking at 2014 all over again, potential of, you know, getting a little creeping toward that 2011. Because it has everything. It's just a matter of can we execute? But again, this is going to have to be drilled, this is going to have to be worked on, because Aaron Rodgers hasn't been as successful recently. If we go back to 2014, which is one of the years in which play-action was actually working, Aaron Rodgers' yards per attempt without play-action was 8.0, which is just, that is so sickeningly disgusting, and just really points to the fact that, you know, as as much as play-action helped, he was just out of control that year. But his yards per attempt on play-action was 9.8. It gets better than that, though. His completion percentage without play action was 63.7. His completion percentage with play action, 71.3. It was the fifth highest. So it it, it can work, but we, we really have to work on it and drill it. And again, I, I have no idea why. Unless it was a talent issue or what, I, I don't know. I'd love to know why. After a season like this, we decide, let's just dial back that play action, man. It's just kind of garbage. I don't know. They dialed up play action. They, they not only... but. It, Here's the thing. They dialed it up, but they also dialed it in because in 2013, the numbers weren't quite as good as they are in 2014. Better than they were in 2018, but nowhere near this good. So I I don't know. I don't understand that at all. But anyways, let's uh, take a quick break. And then I want to look at um, sort of the the outside zone or or the directional rushing of the Tennessee Titans and how the Packers running backs stack up with that. We'll be right back. So if you look at the Green Bay Packers, not surprisingly, uh, the, the vast majority of the runs came smack dab up the middle, um, going from, I guess, least to most, just off the left shoulder of the left tackle, right shoulder of the right tackle. In other words, if there's a tight end, it would between, be between the right tackle, or between the tackle and the tight end. If there's no t- tight end, then we're just running to the outside. But they did that the least. 13 attempts off the left tackle, 16 attempts off the right tackle. The next thing that they did the least was outside of the tight end. 33 times they ran all the way to the outside of the tight end, 33 times outside of the left tight end. Then you get more interior, the numbers go up. Uh, between the tackle and guard on the left side, 41 times. Between the tackle and guard on the right side, 39 times. And then if you look right up the middle between left and right, 55 and 51 times. That's the distribution. If you look at Tennessee, it's a little bit more evenly distributed with the outside being the biggest emphasis, right? I mean, the second highest rush was up the middle, uh, middle left, so between the center and left guard 50 times, center and right guard 48 times, but then as you go out, it doesn't just completely drop between the the, uh, right guard and right tackle 49 times, outside of the right tackle 40 times, outside of the right end, or the, you know, tight end, whatever, 60 times, similar to the other way, but a little bit smaller numbers, um... 48 off the left guard, 34 off the left tackle, 63 all the way to the outside. So in other words, the majority of the runs come all the way to the outside, and then everything inside is somewhat more evenly distributed. Now as far as Aaron Jones, there's a question of is he going to regress because he kind of thrived in one certain system. Uh, We don't really know what's going to happen. Bottom line is as far as his numbers and his yards per attempt given each direction, the only place that he really struggled was uh, between the right guard and right tackle, presumably because our right guard probably wasn't very good. But he had uh, on 24 attempts, which actually was a lot. Which is frustrating because his average yards per attempt everywhere else was... <laughs> oh my goodness. He's got one hole that just he, he can't seem to get through, and that's the one we got to hit second most of any other hole. And he gets two points. I'm just trying to think how high his yards per attempt would be if we just dropped his 24 attempts there and just added them literally literally anywhere else. He'd have closer to six yards per carry, but whatever. Let's just keep running to that one hole that just doesn't work. But outside of that, I mean, the guy just, he can do whatever. His next lowest yards per attempt was all the way outside the right side at 5.1 yards per attempt. That was his next lowest. In 22 attempts, going around the right side, 5.1 yards. After that, between the center and left guard, he averaged 5.2 yards per carry. Going all the way around the outside on the left side, 5.4 yards per carry. Outside the left tackle, 5.4 yards per carry. Between left guard and left tackle, 5.9 yards per carry. Outside of the right tackle, 7 attempts, 8.1 yards per carry. And then where he absolutely dominated everybody's face was between the center and the right guard, 19 attempts, 8.2 yards per carry the bottom line is he kind of just dominates wherever. So I don't think that's a big concern with Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, Aaron Jones. I told you, man, I'm just, I'm really struggling here. The one really cool thing that I uh, noticed on here, however, is that Jamal Williams, when you look at what he does well or doesn't necessarily do well, three of his four highest yards per attempt um, zones were outside runs. So his highest was actually um, between the Right guard and right tackle at 5.5 yards per attempt. His next highest at 4.9 was all the way around the right side. His next highest was between was off the right shoulder of the right tackle, 4.6 yards per attempt. And then all the way around the left side, 4.1. If you just look at his runs all the way to the outside, the guy averaged like 4.4 yards per carry. Now, the vast majority of his carries, even more so than Aaron Jones, came up the middle because he's just more of a banger like that. But still, the numbers is what they is, right? Four yards per carry, um, middle right, and then 3.6 yards per carry, middle left. He did fine. But point is, I think he can kind of thrive on the outside. Or if not thrive, the bottom line is he can do it. So anyways, in a final bit of business, I promised to give away a PFF uh, subscription today. And that's what I plan to do. I know I probably should have said something beforehand, but I thought it would be a little bit more interesting if I just kind of threw it in at the end to see if they were even listening. (laughs) And I'm not going to do that thing where if they don't respond, I'm going to go ahead and pick somebody else because that's not cool. Then I'm going to find out like their mom's in the hospital or something. And I'm just, I'll, I'll reach out eventually. I'm just curious. But the winner of the PFF Edge subscription giveaway is going to be Twitter handle TheJack54. That's all I got. I didn't get his name, so. <laughs> Mr. The Jack, if you want to reach out, we'll start working out the logistics of getting you that PFF subscription. Thank you guys so much for all the ratings and reviews. I'm not gonna keep pestering you for it, but you haven't if you haven't done that yet, it would be greatly appreciated. It does help uh, the ranking of the show. But overall I am extremely blown away with the responsiveness to that. I had jeez, I don't know, what did I have like 60 not even reviews and I was like, hey, you guys wanna review me? And it eventually blew up to 203 in the off season, by the way. But again, thank you all very much for all the support. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. Anyways, we're gonna cut it there. If you haven't noticed, we're getting shorter and shorter. This off season getting brutal, man. Nobody's doing anything crazy. Um, if you do have any questions, questions always help keep these things going. Um, text or call 608 501 Leave a voicemail or just send me a text. Otherwise, uh, be sure to get into the Facebook group. That's always a good place to either drop a question or just kind of leave a comment, whatever. Otherwise, we'll be back tomorrow. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Monday. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.